I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today, we're talking about stress, specifically stress at work and ways that we can manage stress. Here with me is development coach Jen Waldy and audit director Katie Bird. Jen, we'll start with you if you can introduce yourself and you know a little bit reason why we're talking to you about managing stress at work, if you will, and then Katie will go ahead with you as well. All right. Well, yeah, like Jack just said, my name is Jen Waldy. I'm the development coach here at Lutz, and I'm here because part of my job is helping people work through things that are hard for them and help them reach goals, and stress is a common theme in helping people work through some of their goals. I'm Katie Bird. I'm an audit director here. I've been at Lutz for close to eight years. So I I think part of my role here, I'm really good at being stressed. (laughs) And so, you know, I've kind of figured out some tips and tricks along the way of how to manage that and how to respond to some of that along the way. Awesome. You know, I think the idea of stress is is one that is not going to ever go away. You talk to people that are your superiors or, or subordinates or peers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Stress is there and you have to you have to learn how to manage it. So how how prevalent would you say stress has been in, in your career experience, Katie? I know you might have a personal <laughs> a feel to it, but but yeah, I mean how how much of an impact has stress had on your career? I mean, for me personally, I mean, stress is a part of any job. It's probably a part of just life in general. Inevitably, you bring that into the workplace. So I think it's something that kind of, you know, as you get older, you kind of learn what's really stress and what's, you know, just kind of irritants or things that are bothering you along the way. But I would say it's something you deal with on a daily basis, whether it's a little bit of stress or a lot of stress, kind of figuring out you know, how do you figure that out as a person? So Katie, what I'm hearing you say a little bit is stress is always there. It just changes, right? And yeah. Looks different as you grow. Yeah. Stress changes and grows as well yeah. in different ways. Right. What about you, Jen? You know, I think just kind of like Katie said, stress is prevalent everywhere. Right. Everybody's stress is probably different. I think stress like confidence is the overlying word and One thing that was going through my head as Katie's talking here is, you know, if I was going to simplify stress, it's uncomfort when we're uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and we all have that. It can be knowledge. It can be workload. So I think no matter where we're at in life, it's kind of like, do we, can we really enjoy life if we don't have stress to help us appreciate the the good parts? Yeah. Yeah. It's what's important. Like Katie says, learning some of those tips and tricks and what is stress what are things worth your attention of stressing? What isn't? How do I manage it? So I think it's ever it's yeah, it's just a part of our lives. Yeah, awesome. So I, one of the topics or ideas is you know what causes stress, but I think that's more personalized. You touched on it a little bit. Is identifying things that that do cause you stress. What are ways that you've identified some of your stressors, and and how important has that been? At least just the identification piece. I'll start here. Working with some of the younger staff, I would say in the identification, I think a lot of times, and Katie, you can see if you remember and agree with me here, a lot of it is probably work prioritization and figuring out what is important and what isn't and and identifying 
am I overwhelmed? Am I not? Is this workload too much? Is this who can help me with figure out where I should start with this workload? I think it's just identifying and navigating your career in the beginning is a lot of that stress that I help a lot of the people here at Lutz out with mm-hmm. as far as the younger staff. I mean, I would say just work in general, you know, job is the first time I think where you've had to kind of think of someone other than yourself, really, truly. I mean, yeah. if you have schoolwork and you don't get it done, the person you're hurting is yourself where, you know, when you get to the workplace, suddenly you know, you're responsible for someone above you or someone below you or a client. And you have all these other people now that are involved. So I think it's a lot of the responsibility that comes with a career that, you know, that's, that's going to stress you out at first. I mean, you've kind of dove into a completely new chapter of your life when you get into the workplace for the first time. And I know just for us at Lutz, I mean, we're in a service industry. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are in a service industry. And when you're in the service industry, now you're not only worried about the people internally, but you have external people to please as well. And I think when you kind of have all of that running through your mind all the time, it's easy to get really bogged down and stressed out with that because you're not worrying just about yourself. Now now you're worrying about a lot of other people too. And I think that really gets to people. Well, so on that idea, then how have you managed to respond to stress positively, especially when you're working with either internal or external clients? Because, I mean, I think we all have can admit that there's been times where we haven't responded maybe the right way. And it leads to a less than positive experience with someone that that sure. is expecting a quality service experience with you. So how? Yeah. yeah. So going back to the question, how have you managed to respond positively? I think, you know, Jen talked about and you talked about just identifying what's causing your stress. I think sometimes, you know, just taking a step back and figuring out what it is that's actually causing the stress. Sometimes you realize it's silly and sometimes it might be silly, but that doesn't mean it's not still stressing you out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you talked about being positive. I mean, responding in a positive way. Jen and I have talked about my husband and I actually sometimes when we just start unloading, we'll make each other take a step back and say, okay, so what was something positive about that experience or what's something you got out of that? And if you do that enough, you start to do it internally as well, where you're kind of thinking in a situation like, what's the good part about this? So, you know, if your stress is workload. Okay. I work somewhere where we have enough work that, you know, you're feeling a little bogged down and you're not, you know, sitting at home twiddling your thumbs trying to figure out what to do with your time. I mean, there's always a way that you can respond positively. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes, too, it's, it's pulling yourself away from the stressful situation kind of letting yourself take a bit of a deep breath. Hmm. And, you know, maybe that I've had times where, you know, I've been really stressed out and I need to just go for a walk or go listen to music or go for a drive. And it kind of helps clear your head and get back in the situation and, and realize, you know, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was. And I can build on that a little bit from my own personal experience. If I've had hard times where I'm really stressed I also have learned to take this step back and ask myself, what am I learning from this situation? Whether that's, am I learning what not to do in the future? Like if something is affecting me negatively, how can I bring that into my life in the future to not do that to others? Or just what is the lesson here that I am learning? That has always helped me as well. So it's kind of aligned with 
what Katie's saying as well. So I think we, Jen, we talked about, I don't remember exactly what the podcast was, but the topic somehow led to communication in the workplace or mm-hmm. something. So how often do you think communication leads to a stroke? We can talk about work workload, of course, but I think communication is something too where people communicate differently. And so mm-hmm. if they don't maybe communicate the way that you respond well to, I mean, how do you overcome that? Let's say someone likes to just call you on the phone and not give you the opportunity to think about what the response that you should have is. I mean, that's a simple example, but but how does communication help you, I guess, respond to stress? This may not be where you're going, but where communication helps me respond to stress is talking about it, being open. So finding my mentor, finding a coach, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, just finding that safe person that you have of where you can just go talk through it mm-hmm. and that person who you trust can be like, okay, well, let's work through this. Let's take a look at that. Like sometimes, a lot of times in my coaching sessions, people just need to come in and get it out. Yeah. Like I call it the swirling pit in the middle, you know, like <laughs> put it, put your stuff in the pit, right? right? So just get it out of your head. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's like this gremlin in your head that in your, while it's in your mind, it's like taller than the trees and it's like this huge dragon. And then when you talk about it and you get it out on the table, it's like this tiny little guy and it it just makes it seem smaller and not as important. And so communication, I think just talking about it, your example. I like uh, yours better though. I like that version of communicating your stressors, but I'm just, you know, there's certain specific things that can be stressors as well. Even, but even with that, where, being open in your communication like if you got that call and they want the answer right now you can be like that's where you just communicate hey i need a couple minutes to think about this Mm -hmm. like let me let me think about this let me call you back tomorrow morning and i'll have an answer for you but i'd just be like open i am not good on the spot right i want to get you an answer but i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to marinate on that it's so easy to not say that though (laughs) yes i mean people get in that situation and get nervous and and all of a sudden want to have the answer right away and when you don't have that answer right at your disposal it's easy to get caught up and then you then you don't convey confidence and then you're even worse off right which is interesting yeah I mean, life is a series of figuring out how to deal with other people's communication styles. I mean, we do that in the workplace, but you do that personally as well. I mean, we can probably all attest that the way we would communicate with our friends is different than the way we communicate with someone we're meeting for the first time versus a client or a coworker. I mean, you're constantly adapting your communication style to other people. And I'm sure that's a source of stress also because you're trying to figure out what bubble you're in and what right. what version, you know, of you you're bringing to the table, but trying, you know, to have it still be you right. at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. And I think even like what you were saying there of, hey, I, you know, I have the urge to give you an answer right now, but I don't think that's going to be. I want to make sure I'm giving you a really good answer. Mm-hmm. And I know I need to marinate on that for a few hours before I can give you. A really good answer. So right. I want to give you an answer right now, but I, I'm fighting against my instincts and I'm going to go make sure, you know, I think it's okay to just talk it through. And right. then people are like, okay, well, yeah, I'd rather have the good answer than the immediate BS answer. You know, <laughs> yeah. One. yeah. And they value that too. I think anytime you kind of tug on the, you know, the, the human experience in any interaction where you say, Hey, whether it's, I'd like to think about this a little bit longer so I can get you a quality answer or I made a mistake, right? I'm only human. Now you only get so many of those, Mm -hmm. but 
to be honest and upfront about, hey, you caught me off guard. I think that's, you know, disarming. And I think then they can see themselves in that situation. Hopefully, sometimes you come across people <laughs> that just can't, mm-hmm. right? And I oh, understand yeah. that too, but that's, I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind. But it takes a lot of confidence to admit that. And I think that's something difficult people struggle with. Katie, you mentioned getting up and going for a walk. I think that's a really, a really important thing, at least for me, is, is managing my stress outside of work. We talk about how we can do it immediately in the moment, but I think there's a lot of external things that we can do that can bleed into work and how we manage our day as well. Do you have any examples of things you do outside of work to manage stress? Well, me and Katie have talked about this also. We were kind of laughing this morning before this podcast that um, about this time last year, together we went and did a yin yoga class to combat some of our stresses together. Love that. Yeah. That's and great. So it was, was it worked really good. Yeah. It Where was, was that at? What was it? Was your yoga studio out at 155th and Car- Karma? Karma, okay. right? Yeah. yeah. What is yin yoga? Is it a type it's of like yoga? It's like sleep yoga, meditation well, yoga. It's like a stretching like yoga. Okay. So sleep you, yoga. Yeah. <laughs> you had sleep. done one with your husband of sleep. The yin is like the stretching where we hold, you hold the po- the stretch for like two oh, minutes, really three minutes time. at a time. That's right. Okay. So it's all just stretching and like opening opening your chest cavity up and everything and, and just getting a really good stretch in and okay, like it kind like of sounds relaxing. really hokey, but... Hey. Actually, it was great. Yeah. I believe My it. favorite part is the shavasana at the end. That's where you're just laying there. Yeah. The other thing we've talked about is finding a way to meditate. Yeah. My type of meditation is walking, but it's finding any way where you can get in the moment. Bring your mind into the moment so that your brain can process everything you're going through in the background without mm-hmm. you actively thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So for me, mine is going for a walk and thinking about you know, can I hear the, what birds am I hearing? What flowers can I smell from my walk? Like actually looking at my surroundings as I'm walking. Yeah. I know you have a different type of meditation you've been doing. Yeah. I, I actually do sleep meditation. I'm the kind of person that lays down for bed and just ruminates on the day. And suddenly it's like, you know, is the garage door closed? Have I done all the stuff? Did I make sure that I did this? Did we, you know, clean the house? Did, and I just think all these things and inevitably that makes you have pretty poor sleep. (laughs) So I started to sleep or yeah, that's honestly, that's typically not a problem for me, but others. Yeah, absolutely. So sleep meditation, I just started doing recently and it's, I mean, 10 minutes is all you need. And it's actually really hard at first. I mean, meditation sounds like it should be the easiest thing in the world. And it is just not. You realize how much clutter is going through your brain all the time. Yes. And so it's, you're just focusing on breathing and, and feeling yourself laying there and, you know, the sensations that you feel around you. And I have not tied it through the whole 10 minutes at all. Every single time I fall asleep. And you do this, you do this right as you're trying to go to sleep. Yep. I mean, and there's, there's all kinds of meditation. That's personally the one that works best for me because that's when my mind is loudest. Right. So it's kind of a way for me to, you know, push away everything else and just let yourself rest. Cause sometimes I don't think we let our 
you know, we let our bodies rest, but sometimes I don't think we let our minds rest. And, and there's a really big value to that. Absolutely. My walking or my sleep is gardening. I mm-hmm. love, I've got a vegetable garden in my backyard. I can sit out there. I like to take my shoes off and this gets a little hippie-ish. Take my Ground shoes yourself. off, bare feet, walk around in the dirt and just kind of exactly what you said though. I'm, I'm managing them in the moment. I'm not thinking about anything else because I need to either prune this bush or I need to, you know, work in the dirt or pull some weeds. And all of a sudden I think there's a spider and I get stressed for a second or something. <laughs> I, you know, I don't like spiders either, but then it's, you get over that and it's but it's still a very in the moment stress that you feel as opposed to something that I went through you know during the day right which I think is really nice to have and then you get done with that and you're almost like man I don't even remember any of the things I was thinking about before this yeah it helps bring your perspective and helps kind of just categorize and and download it all Mm -hmm. into what's worth my stress and what's not. And it doesn't feel like it's all piled onto your plate once you've been able to be in the moment for a while. Right. And what's cool about this, I mean, we all have our own thing, right? Mm -hmm. All all three of us, it's something very different that we do. I think that's, you know, one of the biggest ways I've found to manage my own stress is what works for you and what works for Jen, like that's going to be different. Um, And not trying to do someone else's method of managing stress. You know, I know a lot of people, I always say people walk to my desk and it stresses them out. Looking at my desk is stressful because it is a mess. There's paper everywhere. That is my desk. (laughs) Yeah. But other people, if that was their desk, that would, that's actually a stressor to them. Like having a clean space is a way in which they decompress. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people cleaning is very therapeutic to them. Cleaning stresses me out. (laughs) So opposite (laughs) effect there. I mean, so it's, it's figuring out yourself too. I mean, I think that's the way you manage stress is to understand yourself and to understand your body. Mm-hmm. You know, what stresses you out and how, how do you get away from it? And I think that's hard. I mean, it's hard to get to that point. Yeah. So I think what's important to build on that when you're trying to figure out what it, what is our thing, it's important to try out different hobbies, try them, yeah. just try different new things and to have fun when mm-hmm. you are not at work, go do even, I mean, it can be small things. Like for me, Honestly, fun as I get older is hanging out on the couch watching Netflix, right? It doesn't have to be out hang gliding or any. I mean, it is finding those fun things and then thinking, kind of just building on that, finding those little hobbies. During COVID, for me, it was quilting. Mm -hmm. Like that sewing had my hands busy. I was still doing some problem solving and trying, like I could kind of zone out for a couple minutes and then I'd have to zone back in and figure out what I'm doing. And so, I mean... Anybody who knows me is like, really? Like quilting was your thing? I never would have guessed. And like, (laughs) you know what? Me either. But I tried it and that was something that really helped me. So it's finding those fun things for you that just make you take that step. Well, and that's important too. If it feels like a chore, don't do it. I mean, obviously there's things in our life that we have to do because you have to do them to maintain some semblance of order, right? Mm -hmm. Amidst the chaos. But that's one thing like growing up, I hated doing the dishes, but now I love cooking and I love the product of that. And I love feeding people, but then I also love cleaning up after what I cook, which is so bizarre because I never, you know, I would, mom would make dinner or something I'd eat. And then now I got to do the dishes. It felt like a chore, but now it just felt like, feels like my whole 
circle. Whereas, you know, it's just interesting how those things sometimes, and they change too. I think that's important to recognize when what works for you changes, but it sounds like this is a large exercise of knowing yourself. I think too, or getting to know, getting to know yourself. Right. No, that's not true. I mean, I think the other thing, and, and there's a whole host of ways you can do this, but being active, I mean, they say, you know, I think the phrase is sweating it out. I mean, that is oh, yeah. a real thing. I mean, when you're active and you're, you know, you've got the adrenaline pumping, you're not thinking about that project from earlier in the day. You are so focused on that moment. I mean, I personally, people who know me can attest, I hate to run. Like, I actually am stressed out thinking about running. Doesn't Tyler love running? Yeah. So, which is, this is funny because, yeah, my husband loves to run and I just don't. I've never enjoyed it. I've always found it to be stressful because I think about exactly how long I've been running. (laughs) But that doesn't mean that I don't like to be active. You know, you find other things of, you know, I like to, I go to Orange Theory, like, Someone is telling me at all times what I'm doing and I have someone next to me that's doing the same thing and going through the same pain that I am. And it's just a little bit competitive that I want to do just a tiny bit better than the person nice. next to me. You like Orange Theory? I do. Nice. Yeah. It's fun. I've and thought I, about it. You, you should try it. Because, well, and the, the, so my girlfriend, she used to coach classes or do, you know, however, teach classes there for a little while or worked there. What I, She was there. Basically. You you yeah. know a ton about it. I yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah, right. This is a while ago, and she did this before we met. Anyways, but the idea of classes, the the one thing is they, I don't know how expensive Orange Theory is, but classes like whether it's kickboxing or the number of different types of exercise classes out there, those sound nice, you know, because I I do well when I have an activity that I'm supposed to be at. My right. sand volleyball we played last night was a blast i know i have that every tuesday at 9 30 and there is a time and you are committed yeah, to it i have no option and i'm with a team and i don't want to let the team down and i'm sure you get to know people there yeah. so that's there's something to be said about like i i'm the type you know i sign up for a class and it's like well you signed up for it so yeah. you gotta go and if you don't go then you pay for it and me being an accountant, I think of all the things I could have bought with the money that I just paid to not go to that class. And that's what forces me to go. And yeah. sometimes I think you need that. Like, it's easy to just like sit in your stress and uh-huh. be like, no, 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 I'm so stressed out. I have to finish this and not realizing how important it is to do things like be active. I mean, sand volleyball, that's a great example. I yeah. loved playing sand volleyball because you oh, do, yeah. you, you don't think about anything else besides what you're doing mm-hmm. right then. So I'm going to say I'm somebody who has very, very low competition. So none of what you guys are talking about works for me. <laughs> I hate every minute of it. But what what I am thinking about, like how I go back to the walking of the meditating, there was a night I had had a day and I was just angry. So like the stress got to the anger level. Right? Yeah. And I looked at my husband. I was like, I'm going for a walk. And I just couldn't even talk to him without being crabby. And so I grabbed my puppy and I, I have this really big hill that's about a mile long that goes past my house. And so we walked up the hill all the way to the end and I sat there and I was like, nope, I'm still mad. So like I went and found another path. And by the time I had looked, I had walked three miles and nice. was so tired that I'm like, okay, how was your puppy? He was fine. He's got energy today. He's a Jack Russell. So like, she's dragging the puppy behind. <laughs> oh no, he's, he could have went another two miles, but 
I had done three miles and was like, okay, yeah, I think I'm tired enough yeah. to not be angry anymore. And like, just went home and was able to sleep and be calm. So it, it even in being active, it's finding those little things that mm-hmm. work for you, like mm-hmm. the competition or the, I probably should look at the money part more. I don't, but <laughs> I'm going to look at like, okay, well, how can I just get some of that energy out? I think there's a, a similar <laughs> energy though, to what you're saying, where you got to a point where you thought maybe I'm done, but in your mind, there's like, nope, there's still something left for me to do. Yes. And I think there's kind of a connection to competition that way to where you're like, man, I need to be done, but no, not because that person next to me is not done yet. Now, obviously there's different motivating factors right. there, Absolutely. but it's still that next thing to push you forward and, and, and keep going and blow off that steam so that you don't have the energy to stress out about things. One thing I think is when I have a lot of ideas in my head or thoughts or things I need to do, and I was having this conversation with my little, with my little brother the other day, I was like, you know, Sam, what's, what's stressing you out right now? He's like, I just, there's so many things. I'm like, no, tell me what is stressing you out. He's like, well, there's, you know, this and there's this. And I'm like, write it down. Yes, write it yes. down on a piece of paper so that you know it's there. You're not going to forget something. I said, well, if you forget, if you lose that piece of paper, you can stress out about that. But at least just brain dump it. And then yes. you can kind of allow some more space in your head. You know, and I think we all have different capacities in our heads as well. And that's exactly it. Breaking it down. Making that to-do list. Help you prioritize it. Help you just understand where are the important pieces and not. I think it helps you, I mean, writing it down sometimes helps you realize where your stress is actually coming from. You know, I'll use COVID as an example. I think I was really feeling stressed out and I thought it was work that was stressing me out. And then I realized it was just, there's a lot of things going on in the world. I mean, you're getting hit from a hundred different directions with news and, you know, people are going crazy on their Facebook page and, you know, there's this thing out there that we don't know about. And it's, you know, it's taking away the health part that you're comfortable with. You know, maybe, maybe work is your stressor usually, but you're always, okay, I'm, I'm healthy. So I'm good. Well, now you have this other layer now. And I think I was so freaked out about everything else going on Mm -hmm. that I just applied it to work. And it was like, well, Work is the thing that stayed constant this year. You know, I still... It's what's in your control. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's, you know, you start to think, well, this is the thing that's constant. So I think that's what's stressing me out. And I think we saw a lot of people doing that where they felt as though work was the thing that was stressing them out just because that was the part of their life. Like, yeah, like Jen said, that they still had some control over. And so you kind of just toss all of your stress towards that. Well, I think you said it really well, just visually in your head, it feels like a, you know, 50 foot tall gremlin that's bigger than the trees. But then once you get it out on paper, to your point, you can kind of prioritize and identify. And a lot of times when I do that, I realize it's a lot of really small things that are easy for me to tackle. It's the, it's the unknown in my head of which one I need to do first that causes me the stress. Mm-hmm. But Chris Bouchard says something great. He, he shows up to work and he eats his frog every day. Yes. The worst thing about his day, he does first and he is now that, that's really difficult to do every that's day best way to go about it though. absolutely yeah. the rest of your day it's it's you know oh, this is nothing compared to that right but again it goes back to understanding yourself and and identifying ways that you can get it out and so it's not bottled up in your brain another perspective though is when you identify people at work that are stressed how do you help them out 
I mean, I this is good conversation, right? I can leave this and be like, okay, now I know what I need to do. How do you, when you sense that someone is struggling, how do you approach that? Well, I help them get it out on paper. I help them get it out of their head and get that gremlin out on the table so that we can both collectively look at it mm-hmm. is the first part. It, maybe I'm not the person to do that. I'm going to send them to their mentor or there have been times where we send them to, we let them know about the EAP that we have offer here where there's more professional people who can help them work through some of those stresses. I think going back to that COVID piece for a second, it's really easy to associate our stress to what's in our control. And when we realize, oh, it's not my work, it is the environment around me and I have no control over that. So how do I even wrap my head around it? That's where we can, we have really great resources to help us to help us just figure some of that out as well. So I may you know, we could send them down that path just as a few examples, but just oftentimes it's just talking it out mm-hmm. and, and fig- helping them sort through the cloudiness in their head. Yeah. I mean, physical ailing is really easy to identify and somebody going through things mentally is not always as easy to, to pinpoint. Right. You know, I think it's like Jen said, giving them a space to talk. That's really important, whether that's you, someone else. <laughs> but I also think, you know, we have a tendency, I think the way we try and feel as though, yeah, what you're going through is totally normal is that we like to then share our stress as well. My husband and I have gone through this where it's like, we're just like throwing our stressors at each other. Well, like the best way to make yourself even more stressed is to have someone else put all of their stress <laughs> yeah, towards right. you as well. Especially if you're married to them or you care about them, <laughs> you are then stressed because they don't feel good. And it's, it's our way of trying to, you know, feel a kinship with someone else, but that's, that's a really terrible way to go about it. So, you know, we've started doing something where it's okay, but what's something really positive? I, I spoke yeah. about that earlier. That's something, you know, we tried because instead of me trying to identify with his stress, with a stress of mine, that's very similar, mm-hmm. he doesn't care. That doesn't help him out. Right. And so why don't we think about something that's positive about that experience or just let them talk and, and not share your stress as well. You have to find your place to go talk about your stress. I think that's, like I said, it's it's a really dark hole to get down when you're yeah. just ruminating in each other's stress. I think a coaching question that would work in all scenarios also is, what is one thing in your control right now? Yeah. So like with COVID, what would one thing be in our control? Well, that's my mind, right? My mm-hmm. peace of mind and not letting things. So like helping people find that one thing they can maybe cling to that is in their control mm-hmm. and so much that's out of control can help as well. I struggle with not offering solutions, right? I'm a very, I'm very much a fixer. Yes. So when, when my girlfriend says that, you know, tries to tell me something that she's going through, I'm like, well, all right, let's talk about it. So tomorrow you should probably approach <laughs> it this way. And she's like, whoa, I did not ask you to try and fix all my problems. I just I'm like, okay, I'm, it out. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay, you have to, 
sometimes remind me that because I'm very much quick to think of it. Yeah. And like, okay, like coaching is the same thing. So a question for you to start off with is, is this a problem you want me to help you solve? Or is this just something you need to get out? That sounds like a great question that I need to remember. I need to write that down. And then it gives you the permission. It's yeah. just like, I just need to get it out. Okay, now I'm, okay, okay. let me just go and mm-hmm. put my listening mm-hmm. hat on and I'm yep. here for you. Like yep. It just gives you that permission of where you need to go. So right. I have to do that in the coaching as well sometimes of like, okay, is this a problem we're wanting to solve today or are we just need to get it out? Right. No, that's a great thing to keep in mind because it is, it's con. I'm constantly well this i mean you should do this and but this and this is how i would do it and that i'm sure that stresses you know her out (laughs) even more well even like we were talking earlier how all of our meditation practices are different well your solution may not be the other person's solution as well so it's all about helping them find what solutions best for them as well i mean my husband is a professionally licensed (laughs) mental health therapist (laughs) and i remember early on asking him like man how do you like know what to tell them? And he's like, I don't, I don't give them advice. And I'm like, well, what, but really? Like what, like, what, what are, are they there for? Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, no, like I am an objective person that they can talk to. And yeah, you help guide them in the right direction. But part of it is just allowing them a safe space to talk about things. And it's not about giving them advice. Cause exactly like Jen said, what works for one person works for one person. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. And if it is advice, it's, I'm only here helping you brainstorm of, right. to find your right. solution. Sure. So, I mean, that's, that's what the professionals even do yeah. is they're not offering solutions. They're, they're guiding you, you know, in a positive direction. Well, there's a big trust component to that, that I think is like, you know, sometimes you imagine, mentioning to someone that you can notice is stressed or going through something that, Hey, I'm here for you. Let me know if you need anything. And then they don't come to you and you're like, well, why did, why did they not come to me? I could tell they're still stressed out about it. I was like, well, maybe they don't, not that it's anything against you, but you've got to gradually build that relationship to the point where they feel comfortable doing that too. I'm sure. I'm sure you go through that a lot. Yeah. And it getting to a higher level of it's not about me. And I understand that, Okay, if we're if we're all a cake and I'm red, red velvet cake, that may not be Jack's favorite kind of cake. Mm-hmm. It's all about you finding the help that you need through the person you need. And if I'm not that person, that's okay. I'm the coach, but there are a lot of resources here, and it's just you need to find the help you do you need to through who you're comfortable with. Sure. And if that's yeah. not me, that's okay. Just as long as you're getting the help where you need it. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. We've mentioned a, a little bit COVID and, and some of the stress that it's caused and, and identifying if it if it was actual work that was stressing you out or things unrelated that you then associated with work. What are some of the other things that you guys experienced throughout COVID that you had to overcome? And, and I guess, how do you continue to use that now? If you can think of anything specifically. I know you mentioned you you took up yard, or a... Uh, uh, Quilting. Uh, quilting. Sewing. Yeah. Wasn't that during COVID? It was. Self-taught. It was boredom. And it was, I can't just sit here any longer. Yeah. And so I'm going to, I was probably going down the rabbit hole of Google and I found this video that taught you how to do it and was like, okay, well, I got nothing else going on. Let's yeah. try it. You know, my grandma was a quilter and I, it was always fascinating to see what she could create. So I just thought, okay, I'm going to give this a shot and see. Mm-hmm. And it was 
one of the few that stuck. So I think though, for me going through COVID, there was so much uncertainty. It brought up a lot of insecurities, even in myself of thoughts of losing my job went through my mind. And that was like a PTSD from a past life of uncertainty. And, and so it was, I think it was really hard, but the positive of COVID is it helped me and a lot of us bring in the perspective of what is important in life. Right. And that is something I have taken home with me big time of, you know, work is work and I'm going to put my all in when I'm here, but when I'm at home, I'm going to put my all in at home as well, because that family, you only get one family. And that's, that really helped me bring that perspective where I really got to enjoy my family. And I think we all got to experience something that other generations never will of, we got to try out working from home Mm -hmm. without actually having to have a full-time job working from home or quitting our jobs. And so we kind of really got some unique experiences and it's kind of like Katie said, it's looking at what's the positives out of this right now. Is it hard? Yeah. But I'm getting a lot of really cool stuff out of this at the same time. So yeah, I mean, I'm an extrovert that tie, toes the line pretty aggressively towards being an introvert. Sure. So, you know, the whole working from home thing was fine. I'm totally fine sitting at home and having a full-fledged conversation with my dog and, like, loving that alone time. I mean, I like to go get groceries by myself. I like to do a lot of things by myself. Mm-hmm. COVID was really hard, though, because my extrovert side wasn't, you know, getting the attention it needed. So I realized how much energy I got from coworkers just being physically next to me. We don't have to be talking, but the fact that they're all there and I hear other people talking, that really brings me a lot of energy. So for COVID, that was really hard for me working from home was just sitting there like Mm -hmm. by myself for a long period of time. It, It made me realize how much my extrovert side really needed, you know, that connection with other people. And cause you know, I also didn't realize how much energy I got from just like going to happy hour with my friends because when all that stuff halted and, you know, people started doing, you know, zoom happy hours, like that was going to bang my head against the yeah. wall because that's <laughs> not, uh, that's not with people to me. Like right. I'm still with a screen. Like mm-hmm. I might as well, be sitting at home by myself. Like I just don't get energy from that. So I think that was a big piece to get past for me was, you know, the whole, the whole aspect of COVID really was a lot of time by yourself. I mean, I'm sure some people who are living in small apartments and sat across the kitchen table from their significant other would beg to differ. But for me personally, it was a lot of alone time and I had a really hard time with that. Yeah, I I totally feel the extrovert towing the line with the introvert side because there's times where, yeah, I'll be in a conversation with people or like you said, even just sitting next to people and I feel empowered to keep going and it's great. We're all gonna solve the problems of the world and 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 but then I I recharge really well being alone with with quiet, mm-hmm. you know, with silence. It's kind of nice. And I think to your point though, Janet, it it really helped me understand that we don't need a ton. 
right? I mean, even the little things like just going for a walk around the block when we've been sitting inside for a while was really nice. And it was kind of nice to see people even just across the way, also walking through the neighborhood and lots of walkers. Lots of walkers. Yeah. It was, it was kind of nice to just see that I thought and, and kind of get a little bit of a minimalist experience as well with not, you know, going out and everything coming at you at once and it made you take a step back and slow down yeah. a little bit. I mean, yeah, we we went for walks all the time because that was it was something to do. And at first it was like, this is just we need to do something. And then it was like we looked forward to it. Like, uh-huh. well, it's time for our, our, our walk, walk with our dog where we like actually talk to each other mm-hmm. and have a meaningful conversation with the people around you because it wasn't like work was anything to talk about or it's not like you could talk about that big event you went to over the weekend. I mean, we were all really working and then not really doing much of anything. Yeah. And so you really got to have some meaningful conversations with people. Absolutely. I agree. Well, is there anything else that you guys would like to mention? Any resources that you can think of that, that would be good for someone? I know, Jen, you've talked about mentors or development coaches, but anything you want to leave the audience with whether you're internal lets or external we kind of touched on it earlier though is don't be afraid to look into those eap resources through your through your hr department because like here it's like three free therapy sessions but there's a lot of other things that they offer and that stands for employee assistance program yes correct and and there's a lot of really neat things that they're offering that I don't know that a lot of people are aware that's even available. Like I was looking at our EAP site the other day and I think they like offer some lawyer services if you ever need them. And so like just different ways to help make your life easier if you're stressed out. I think that's just the biggest thing. And if I was going to give any other piece of advice with that communication piece is I think especially when we're new in our career and when we're, tr- we're so driven to perform and be successful that we don't want to talk about how we're stressed. We don't, we can see that as failure if right. we're stressed. And if we reach out for help of help me work through this stress and that, that is where I think we kind of spiral and where it overcomes us at times. And so it's really letting go of that and not being afraid to just Hey, can I talk this out with you to help me process through? Like I again, th- through somebody you're comfortable with. Yeah. It can be anybody, but that's just the biggest thing is don't try to tackle it on your own. Sure. I mean, I'm obviously biased being married to one, but you know, therapy it should be a resource that's proactive instead of reactive. So sure. even if you don't feel like you're super stressed out, you're probably going to be at some point in your life and being able to proactively understand how to handle those situations is a a skill that, you know, it's developed. Yeah, it's developed. I mean, and having that, you know, we've talked about that safe space that you can go and and talk to somebody. I mean, maybe you're not comfortable talking to your coworkers because that is where you feel like your stress is coming from or at home. You feel like it's coming from there. You don't want to talk to somebody at home. You know, it's kind of the perfect way of pulling yourself out of a situation. Well, and even to build on that a little bit, in our climate today, I think there's so much opposition that it it's it can be a scary thing to say how we really feel about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like talking about things out loud isn't always feel 
as safe. And mm-hmm. so it's finding that coach, finding that therapist where you can just go talk to them. Right. And there's no judgment. It's all objective and help you work through that through your head. But I think that's the biggest piece is we let it all sit in our head and stew and it just stresses us out and anxiety attacks happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just kind of spiral. So it's just... Or it turns into a yeah. physical ill yeah. that then it causes really you does. to not yeah. be able to go out for a walk and relieve your stress because you can't... Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean with that I mean a coach therapist mentor I mean those are focused on you so you don't get into the well but here's my stress and then you you know right. like I said it's the one-upping game you know that that really helps you focus on you mm-hmm. it's 30 minutes an hour where you really focus on yourself too and it is hard to do that for most people yes it's really hard for us to give ourselves the attention we need yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. It's important. (laughs) Yeah. I I would say my only other thing is just giving yourself some grace. Like you don't have to be great at managing your stress all the time. Like I don't know a single person that I've ever met that manages their stress perfectly. Right. Like you're going to have those days where it just, you let it overtake you and that's okay. Like it's, it's getting back up again and, you know, making sure it doesn't happen the same way again. Fantastic. Well, I think with that, we'll end here. But thank you both very much. I enjoyed the conversation entirely. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Yeah. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.